Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hello, my golf friend. Welcome back to Above Par. So I have a different kind of podcast. I'm throwing this one in here because as I told my friend this morning, I woke up at three in the morning and I came up with a podcast idea. (laughs) And so I'm just interjecting it in here because of just what's going on with Hurricane Ian. And I, of course, making an analogy to relate it to golf. And I think it'll be really useful for you. And I do want to recognize all the people who have been in Hurricane Ian's path. I've had a lot of people reach out to me to make sure that I was okay. I don't live in South Florida anymore. I was in Naples in Bonita Springs. My house and my mother-in-law's house, she had passed at the beginning of the year, we sold in the last month or two, which is insane to me, which kind of is messing with my head a little bit. I oddly feel bad for the people who bought my house. Though I did, we did call them and check in and they're fine, but we don't know about my mother-in-law's house, but I'm reaching out to a lot of my friends in that area and checking in on them. I still haven't gotten in contact with the, my realtor actually, who became a friend of mine. So this, this podcast might be a little all over the place. So bear with me. It's, I think it's going to be really useful, but I want to make some connections between real life and golf. Cause I always encourage all of my clients and I encourage you to practice everything that I tell you or share with you in this podcast with things on and off the golf course, because you have one brain. And this is a perfect example of how you have one brain, your ability to process your thoughts and your emotions and how you deal with all them, what you do with them is going to affect how you show up on the golf course as well. On the golf course, I always say that we just have less time to get it all done. Off the golf course, we have much more time to buffer away our emotions or to shove them to the side or not deal with them. But on the golf course, we just, we only have seconds or minutes before that next shot. And then, you know, I, I talk about how I think it golf, you know, rips the bandaid off of our ability to do that. And so I want to connect it just in the wake of Hurricane Ian and be a little bit vulnerable with you here on just how I've gone through some emotions this past week off the golf course. And vulnerability is not my favorite emotion. But one of the things that I want you to know is that we're not as humans, we get to experience all of them. And a lot of times people think that because they play a sport or they're playing golf, that they're not supposed to be emotional or to be mentally tough means that you're not emotional. And that's not the, the truth. You're denying yourself, actually your ability to play your best golf. If you're denying emotions, golf is a very emotional sport. You can have 10 emotions on one hole. What most of us do is we shove them to the side and we don't pay attention to them or we fear them because we think something horrible is going to happen. And I don't care whether you're a a woman or a man, or if you think that you're a tough girl or a tough guy, it does not matter. You have emotions and emotions matter when they are useful to us. We want to tap into determination and motivation and focus and confidence. Those are good emotions. What happens is we're like, oh, okay, I'm only going to have those, but I'm not going to have the other emotions. And we just don't have that luxury as a human. We get, if there's a spectrum of emotions, we get them all. You were born that way, but we deny ourselves experiencing certain emotions and we suffer unnecessarily because we do that. 
when Scotty Scheffler, he wrote about this and talked about how before his last round at the Masters that he had a good cry that morning. He like let all of those emotions out because on the other side of that, he was going to have the clarity and the focus that he needed to go out there and play. So I want to talk to you today about processing emotions quickly, processing emotions slowly, and then what you actually have to do to process emotion, how you can do this too. And I'm going to make a correlation between what happened with Hurricane Ian because I woke up in the middle of the night last night, very sad. (laughs) My little puppy was coming up and comforting me because I got very teary eyed. I picked up my phone to see what time it was hoping and praying it was like 6am or 5am, but it was three. And then I see all my texts because I'm looking at the clock on my phone. And I just had a lot of people comment about how, aren't you so glad that you're not in South Florida anymore that Southwest Florida, I live in Charlotte right now. And there's a yes, but there's a no to it because I have been getting lots of pictures over the last few days of a lot of places that I went with my family. My, my kids and I have gone to this one place called Docks since they were born. We live in Fort Lauderdale, but their grandmother was in Bonita Springs and we go visit her. Always went there. That was her favorite spot. I went there six times in July, at least. And it was a great place to just go get some shrimp and have a beer and sit outside and watch the sunset. It was beautiful. And some people were sending me pictures of it, how it's just a shell of itself. I sent it the picture to all my kids and they just had sad crying faces and were saying how they were so sad. I'm not so sad about my experience that I'm not going to be able to go to docs. It's my heart pangs for the people who work there and own that business who are still there. A lot of them have been there for decades. I see their faces constantly for over the years. They loved working there. And there's so many other businesses and homes that have been impacted by that. And my heart goes out to them and how everybody's life has changed so much down there. So I spent the middle of the night going in and out of tears and came up with this podcast. So it might be all over the place. (laughs) If I haven't already said that, just hang in there with me. I want to talk about first about how to process a emotion quickly. And an example of this is I was texting my friend and said, we were having a, we had a conversation and I was texting her and I said, oh, my stomach just flipped and now my, my chest is pounding. Hang on. I've got to process this. And that was my sign that I had this thought going on that was creating that emotion. That's all that happens when we have emotions. We have a thought, triggers these little chemicals. They show up in our body as a vibration. I had a thought that made my stomach flip and my chest pound and I didn't know what it was. So I put down the phone and I tapped in to ask myself what was going on. What was I thinking? What was that emotion? Because I didn't know what it was and it came on really quickly. I realized it was, I felt like I was being misunderstood because I filled in all these gaps in text. This is sometimes a problem with texting too, is we can fill in gaps, but I fill in the gaps with my own brain and I created this story that I was being misunderstood and I felt defensive. I did not like that feeling of feeling defensive that I had to defend myself on what I was meaning to say. So I labeled that emotion. I finally found the name for it. I put my mind on it and I I saw it was in my chest. I could feel it in my chest. And when I put my mind on it, it just shrunk and kind of ghostbustered out of me, right? I picked up my phone, texted my friend back. I said, all right, I'm good. And it took about a minute, right? Processing emotion takes about 90 seconds, biologically or physically. We can make it linger if I kept repeating and ruminating on the thought that created the emotion in the first place. I just decided to pivot that people can misunderstand me. I can't control that part. I don't want to be defensive and try and change the way they think or feel about me. People can be wrong about me. That's okay. And then I was good. 
On the golf course, what would this look like is a lot of times we have very similar patterns and emotions. I would tell you that annoyance or frustration is probably the one that pops up the most for me. I know immediately what it feels like now. And I know the power of letting myself spend 60 to 90 seconds to process it, just like I did with that feeling of defensiveness or feeling defensive or misunderstood, because I want to hit the next shot from a place where I can focus clearly and I can move my body the way that I want. Because when annoyance and frustration is in my body, that feeling, it restricts me from making my best swings. And then I'm not going to play my best golf. And I also know there's no problem with feeling that emotion. It's part of our human experience. I know that if I allow myself to process that nothing is going to happen, they're just little vibrations, but we create so much fear around them. And just like Scotty Scheffler, he was going to be able to get at a place where he could focus and make his best swings if he got through that emotion. But what most of us do is we just shove it down somewhere in our body. We buffer over it, which means we might eat or drink or pick up our phone or watch movies or go shopping or whatever it is so that we don't have to feel it. But all we do is delay it. It never goes anywhere. I'd rather get right on through it. There's no way going around them. We just got to go right through them. And it was easier for me to process an emotion quickly because it didn't rent much time in my head. It hadn't made root. It was a very fresh thought and a fresh emotion, so it didn't last very long. On a golf course, a lot of those emotions are just as long as the shot before it, so they don't last very long. And our job for the benefit of our golf game and our experience on the golf course and in life is to learn to go through these emotions and not avoid them and know that we're in control of them. I controlled that emotion. I produced that emotion by what I was thinking. Therefore, if I created it, I can also create a different emotion. When we give away our power to situations or things outside of us, that's when we feel disempowered and out of control. If I felt like the people that I was thinking about had control over how I felt, then I needed them to shift before I got to feel better. And that's not the case. If we're on the golf course and we're at the effect of people in our group who are talking or weather or a bad lie, then we feel very disempowered. It is always your thought that is producing that emotion. And it only takes you 60 to 90 seconds to process emotion unless you keep thinking the thought over and over again, which goes to my second point, which is about longer or slower emotions to process. On the golf course, this is often shame or fear of failure or feeling like you're not good enough. Those are often things that can happen at the end of the round, how we think we're going to treat ourselves at the end of the round, and they take longer to process because they spent more time in our head renting space because they have to deal with how we get to feel about ourselves. Shame is one of those that is just not useful at all because it's a heavy emotion. The antidote for it is empathy, and we don't really get a lot of empathy on the golf course from people because everybody's trying to do their own thing. I remember this experience vividly when I was playing the European tour because I would go out and play. And back then it wasn't the European Union. All of the countries were individual countries. There was no internet or cell phones. I had to call home collect, which my dad was usually like, what's going on? Want to make them really quick. Rub some dirt on it. You'll be fine. Call it a couple weeks. So I was on my own other than with my, my buddy Kelly, who I traveled with. So if I didn't have a very good week, I would shame the heck out of myself. And I would sit in that shame until the next tournament started. I was in the next country. Then I'd pull myself up and I'd refocus. And I probably experienced shame all over again. And I felt like I had to sit in that shame for three or four days. It became a pattern of mine. It's like, well, to get through shame takes three or four days. Because that's how long I sat in it. 
because I felt like I wasn't good enough. I was disappointed in myself. And then I created this fear of it. So I put so much pressure on my golf game to just perform well to a level of satisfaction so that I didn't have to experience shame for three or four days. That's why I'm a big advocate in not producing shame in the first place and having your own back and really diving into what you make the round mean about you because it does affect your performance. It affects your quality of life because it is not true that shame takes three or four days, but it is not a fast emotion to get through. So on the golf course, there are some emotions that are slower to process. They usually have to do with how you think about yourself, your relationship with yourself, not feeling good enough, maybe fear of embarrassment or disappointment. And they can take longer if we're not on top of them or we're not aware of them. Off the golf course, my example that I'm sharing with you is that when I woke up in the middle of the night and I got thinking about all my friends and the life and the community down in Southwest Florida and I got very sad and I was tearing up, I decided I was going to try and tune into this emotion, really label it, which is your first step in labeling that emotion. And I decided it was a level of grief that I was experiencing and how much I try to allow that grief to go through me, that is one of those emotions that we don't really want to rush out of. We want it to take as long as it's going to take. I know the thoughts that were producing my sadness and my grief for my friends and the whole community down in South Florida, and I don't necessarily want to rush out of that. So no matter how much I sat there and I tried to let that grief and that feeling go, it just kept coming back because I kept thinking about all the people in South Florida, the people who just moved there, the people who are trying to retire and just enjoy golf all year round, the businesses, the people's lives and homes who are, all their possessions were gone. Like I just got very, very sad for them and I'm okay to be sad. It's one of those things that's appropriate. And for me to experience all of the emotions, which as humans, we don't get the luxury to pick and choose which ones we don't want to experience. If I had to tell you not too long ago, I would have told you I was not willing to experience vulnerability. <laughs> I was, it just is one of those emotions. Nope. Don't want to do it. I have some clients who are like, I just don't want to do anxiety anymore. And I think anxiety can be one of those ones, just like grief that we can, we, it kind of can hang out with us. And when we try and push it away, we actually make it bigger or worse. It doesn't go anywhere. So most humans, they stay in little small box on either side of neutral. They only allow themselves to get a little bit sad because, you know, we have so many things in society that we can buffer away our sadness. We can eat, we can drink, we can Netflix, we can get on our social media. All those things give our brain this little dopamine hit that makes us feel better. And so now we don't have to feel sad anymore, but we're just fooling ourselves too, because it's still there. There's no way around it. There's only going through it. But when we do that, when we only allow ourselves to experience a little bit of negativity, we only also allow ourselves to experience a little bit on the positive side of the spectrum. So we stay in this little box on either side of neutral. Most of the time, that's because we don't know what to do with an emotion or we fear them. We feel like we're going to be out of control if we actually experience them or that something's gone wrong. But the more you're willing to experience and not fear a negative emotion, not fear vulnerability, not fear disappointment, or not fear grief or sadness, then your life experience gets broader and bigger. I talk about how feeling confident is your willingness to experience every emotion. Because if you're willing to experience any emotion and you're going to have your back on the other side and you know there's nothing to fear, then there's nothing that you won't do. There's nothing that's stopping you from doing anything. 
so that your positive end of the spectrum gets equally as big. You get to experience more joy and more satisfaction and more happiness at a deeper level. So I encourage you to start looking at emotions in your life on and off the golf course and just start being aware of how they show up in your body. Most of the time we're in touch with either the thought or the emotion. In this case that I gave you about feeling defensive, I felt it first before I even knew what I was thinking because they are messengers of our thoughts. Start practicing processing, going through the emotion instead of avoiding it, instead of eating over it or drinking over it or getting on social media over it. There's a million things we can do to avoid emotions. And your first step is to name it. Put a name on it because the minute you put a name on it, it helps you identify it so much better. So the next time it shows up, you're like, oh, I know this one. Then you want to put your mind's eye on where it is in your body. Identify where it is in your body. Is it in your chest or your stomach or your jaw? Anger and frustration for me is definitely in my jaw, my neck. Stress and pressure might be in your shoulders. Identify it. Put your mind there and just watch it. And as long as you don't keep ruminating on the same thought that created it, if you can identify the thought, that's so much more powerful for you to shift out of it. But if you keep ruminating the thought, that feeling will come back, which is, again, it's not a problem. You might have to process that emotion a couple times. But as you watch it, it will dissipate and go away. And you'll get to this level of clarity and lightness and freedom from fearing emotions. So I hope you give it that a try because I think it's really going to benefit not only your life, but your golf as well. And I did want to recognize, I, I hope that if you live in Southwest Florida or you are in the path of Ian, that you are safe. I, I want to recognize that I'm going to sit here in sadness for as long as I need to sit in sadness for my friends and my community down in Southwest Florida as I sit here and wait on Hurricane Ian to come through North Carolina at a much smaller impact. But I just want to share a little bit about emotions and let you know that you get to decide how long you stay in an emotion. But the best thing that you can do is recognize that you're choosing to stay in the emotion and that you're going to go through it and you're not buffering around it. You're not avoiding it. And you know that there's no problem feeling an emotion. And the better you get at it, the broader and bigger your experience gets and the better you get at playing golf to your potential. All right, my friends, I hope you have a beautiful day. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thank you.